Shavuot Tov, everybody. I hope that everybody has had a wonderful Shabbat. And we begin our week this week with Perek Lamed Aleph, chapter 31 of Bereshit. Perek Lamed Aleph describes the final parting of ways between Yaakov and his large family with his father-in-law, Lavan. Yaakov has been with Lavan now for 20 years, but at the beginning of our chapter, Yaakov decides that it is really time to go, realizing that the tension between himself and the sons of Lavan has got to dangerous levels. Hashem, God, appears to him in a dream and says to him, Return to the land of your forefathers and your birthplace, and I will be with you. Fascinatingly, throughout Bereshit, the phrase, I will be with you, said by God to man, is always in reference to the land of Israel. God is with the those he interacts with in the land of Israel. Before doing so, however, Yaakov wishes to understand the position and the opinions of his wives, the sisters, Rachel and Leah, and so he gathers them together and he gives them actually an extremely long speech by the standards of the Tanakh. It goes from Pasuk He, verse 5, all the way to Pasuk Yud Gimel, verse 13, in which he lays out his reasons for leaving, how he feels that he has consistently been cheated by his father-in-law. And he asks them for their response, what do they think about leaving their birthplace, where they have spent all their lives, including all of their married lives, and going back with Yaakov to the land of Canaan, where he came from. And what's fast, I find the following verse so fascinating, is that Rachel and Leah, who have been so divided, mutual antagonism in their competition for Yaakov's affection and the competition for children, but now we read a verse which sounds so different to every verse previously in which they have featured. Pasuk Yudalad, verse 14. V'ta'an Rachel v'le'ah. Ya- Rachel and Leah answer as one. V'tomarna. And they say, Lo ha'od lanu chelek v'nachala v'vetavinu. Do we have any share or portion left with our father? Halo nochriot nechshavnu lo. We are as strangers to him. All he sees in us is the potential to reap financial rewards via you. And so having achieved the agreement of his two wives, Yaakov and family set out. We are told before they do so that Rachel, for whatever her reasons being, steals the trafim, steals the idols of her father. And then that night, Pasuk Kaf Aleph, verse 21, in fact, I'm not sure it is nighttime. Yaakov and everything he has with him, his family and all of his possessions, they flee, they cross the river. Lavan hears about this and pursues after them, catches up with him after a week. Fascinatingly, before he uh, is able to confront him, Hashem, God, appears to Lavan in a dream at night and warns him not to harm Yaakov. Fascinating revelation of God to Lavan, which maybe we might not have paid attention to in the past. Lavan confronts him. How could you leave me? How could you take my children away from him? Why didn't you just ask? Of course, I would have agreed. 
And then Lavan says, why do you steal my Trafim? My idols, Yaakov, who doesn't know that Rachel has taken them, denies any knowledge of it. He goes in to search for them, for his amongst his daughter Rachel. She says, Derech Nashimli, I'm time of the month for me, I can't stand up. And that way, Lavan is not able to find them. And now Yaakov, his anger is really kindled. And now he turns to Lavan in a sort of language he's never said before, Pasuk Lamed Vav, verse 36, and it's really quite a long chapter, this. We're only about halfway through. He, he argues now with Lavan. And he lays out the following claim. And I want to focus on these verses because I'm going to connect them with a larger developmental point within the life of Yaakov. He says as follows, What is my crime? What is my sin? That you, you, you follow me, you pursue me like this. You've been through all of my possessions. What have you found? Have I taken anything from you? I've been with you now for 20 years. I have never taken advantage, I've never cheated you, I've never harmed you on any of your rachelecha, which uh, presumably means any of your sheep, any of your female sheep. Of course, one is also tempted to read it as rachelecha, your Rachel, your, your daughter Rachel, my wife. Your goats is this very strange uh, conflation of Rachel as meaning meaning a sheep, and sheep is such a motif here. I've never eaten of your of your sheep, meaning that I shouldn't. I've never bought a sick animal to you. I've stolen days and nights working for you. By the day I lived by, uh, we lived by the sword. The kerach, sorry, we 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 took the the burning heat. The kerach balayla, I suffered ice at night working for you. Vitidad shnati meenai, I never slept on account of you. Zeli esrim shana beveitecha for twenty years avadaticha, I've worked for you. Alba esres shana b'shteivanotecha, fourteen years for your daughters. V'shesh shanim b'tzonecha, six years amongst your flocks. V'tachalefet meskur. And you've switched my play so many times. Were it not for the God of my forefathers, Avraham, and the fear of Yitzchak, you'd have sent me empty handed without anything at all on ye with my poverty. Yaakov gives this furious speech in which he justifies himself, in which he describes how he has worked so hard for Lavan on the one hand, but also how he has maintained all of his moral integrity throughout that time, never having cheated him despite the fact that Lavan has behaved so terribly towards him. And this speech, I would like to suggest, is not just important in the moment in Yaakov justifying his break with Lavan, but is actually characteristic of a large or sorry representative of a large development on the part of Yaakov 
I owe this to a teacher of mine, a great teacher in Israel, Rav Yoel bin Nun, who, in chapter 27, the famous moment in which Yaakov deceives his father, dressing up as Esav in order to receive the blessing that was intended for his brother, Yitzchak, who is aged and blind, touches his son to try and work out who he is, and feels the hairiness of Esav, but yet hears the voice of Yaakov, and he says the following line, Hakol kol Yaakov v'hayadayim yide Esav, the voice is the voice of Yaakov, Jacob, the hands are the hands of Esav. And of course, on the face of it, this verse represents the confusion that Yitzchak is having as to which son is standing in front of him. Rav Yoel bin Nun, however, interprets the verse to mean something in a broader sense, a form of prophecy on Yitzchak's behalf, that suddenly the dichotomy between his two children, between the one who is the scholarly one and the religious one, the pious one, Yaakov, and the one who is strong and tough and with a propensity to violence on the other, Esav, and this terrible decision which Yitzchak has had to make between these two sons, really wishing to be able to combine power on the one hand with morality on the other, yet seeing them separated in front of him, Yitzchak has this vision that one day there will be a child of his who will be able to combine both the kol and the adayim, the voice and the hands, the power and the strength on the one hand, the physical presence, with the ethics and the morality on the other. And this is not what is in front of him right now, because Yaakov is only able to get what he is getting by deception. But in the future it will come. Where does it come? It comes in all of the many years with Lavan, during which Yaakov slaves in the field, suffers heat by day, fire by night, becomes a man of the field, just as his brother Esav is, and yet never during these years does he violate his moral principles. The chapter concludes with a peace treaty between Yaakov and Lavan, and the two go on their separate ways. Wishing everybody a wonderful day.